This is The Infatuation Podcast, a show where we talk with a pretty wide variety of Asian creators. This is Curtis, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Hayden. Hayden is a digital artist who worked on much of the environment that you see in Red Dead Redemption 2, a video game by Rockstar Games. Lately, Hayden's been obsessed with electric unicycles and content creation around those. You can check out our Instagram to see some of his carving on those. Uh, Hayden used to get in trouble all the time for talking too much in my class, but today he gets to talk as much as he wants. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thanks for listening. Well, I hope everyone's doing great out there. Uh, today we're speaking with another former student of mine. Uh, he's a digital creator, a video game designer, and electric unicycle enthusiast. We are talking to Hayden Wu. Hey, Hayden, how's it going? Dude, it's going really good. And when you say it like that, all those things, it sounds it sounds like you're making it up, and it sounds a little absurd. No, you sound cooler. Well, electric unicycle is not the thing that I, I lead with. What do you lead with? Oh, my God. Well, we try to lead with the acronym because the acronym sounds cool. But see, my audience, 99.9% <laughs> .9 of my audience will not know. Like, basically, no, no, no one will know what EUC is. Oh, God. This hustle is so hard. Yeah. How do you convince people to ride on an electric unicycle? I don't know. Well, that's up to you, I guess. That's your job now. <laughs> so, uh, Hayden, usually, so I've had about a dozen former students on here, and typically... There are students who have gotten A's in my class. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, okay, well. So you are the first Let's student. go ahead and, like, just crush. Let's crush that expectation right now. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So Hayden, Hayden had my class freshman year, freshman bio, and I don't know. How would you describe yourself as a student back in 2000? Dude, you put me in time out. You gave me my own desk because I was talking to people too much. <laughs> I remember I was sitting in the back, like, trying to merge a bunch of Oreos together, and it was so distracting. Uh, yeah, I said... That you were like, hey, just come over here. And for the rest of that semester, I had to sit... It's a little green desk. A little green desk <laughs> right next to you in the front of the class. It didn't stop me from talking to everyone. Yeah, I know. That was the problem. But here we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everyone else got their full tables. Yeah, with, with partners. With partners. And people to interact with. Mm -hmm. Well... You know, but look at you now. I mean, it made me feel more special, so I Yeah, right? It. No, I, I think we called it the seat of honor. It wasn't like timeout chair. It right? wasn't a dunce chair, no. <laughs> yeah. I think we called it the seat of honor, and, and you were the most honored student. Yeah. I was in the gifted and talented program yeah. when I was seven. No, no one, no one <laughs> doubted your intelligence. No one doubted your creativity, your intelligence. Oh, you just man. drove us all crazy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That was the goal. Yeah, <laughs> well, you succeeded, so so kudos to you. But we are talking to Hayden, so uh, we'll get into it a little bit. You've you've been around a little bit, doing different things. Uh, were you you were born here in San Francisco? Oh wait, I also failed your class. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I failed your class, and I had summer school, and I did great in summer school. I got a B, dude. I think you, I know. I think you, I could see you doing well in summer school. It's because it, I didn't have any friends there. You didn't have any friends, and it's just more compact. It's like five weeks. You know, you could, like, pretty much anyone can keep it together for five weeks. Yeah. Right. But, like, asking a, asking a, a, a rambunctious 14-year-old to keep it together for 36 weeks is a little Impossible. bit... Impossible. It's a little I bit... I have yeah. such 
deeply seated ADHD, it defines my personality. Yeah, it it was something that we knew about, right? We knew you, you, you know, your mom came in, you came, we had conferences. This was in high school. My mom came in in high school. Yeah, we knew her on a first name basis. We're like, hey, Wendy, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And actually, what's funny, well, we'll get to this in a second. What's funny is I remember at one of these conferences, we were like, hey, are you ever going to do any work in high school? And we we're like, what do you do with all your time? We're like, I don't know, I play video games, right? Yeah, I would stay up till 4 a.m. My parents hid the cords, but I bought a second set of cords and I would play video games till 4 a.m. every single night and wake up at 7 a.m. for school and then sleep through school. And we'd say, Hayden, what are you going to do? Play video games for a living? <laughs> yeah, but Ed, here we are. Here we are. I mean, it, I... Mm, more or less. Well, In my defense, making them is very different from playing. That's true. That's true. But, but it, it did turn out wrong. to be a career for you. Well, a little bit of a career. Part of it. That's the beginning of a career for you. Uh, so, yeah, born here in San Francisco and went to Galileo High School. Uh, we should say that you're, you're Hapa, right? Your dad's Chinese. Yeah, my mom is uh, white. We don't know what kind of white. We know <laughs> she's just from, you know, Tennessee, Mississippi, okay. San Diego. Yeah. Just kind of just white and then my my dad's from shanghai and we came over or i shouldn't say we but my family came over i guess i'm allowed to say we we came over in like the 60s uh so we didn't get slaughtered by you know the communists and that whole thing for college and stuff he did Um, did college here he came here when he was two oh so we've been here for a hot minute you know all the angel all the all the other angel island homies yeah yeah um, we, like how, I don't know. This is a weird question, but is he, is he very Chinesey or is he, he's, oh man, two years I old. think he's, he's in that weird generation where you tried so hard to be American. Right. And so he wears like polo shirts and boat shoes and ties <laughs> a sweater around his neck. Like he went to Stanford, yeah. right, you know, he's, right. he, 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 he did time in Europe for grad school. Uh-huh. Like he says the word bloody. Like he's trying <laughs> so hard all the time to be white, <laughs> but he's so freaking proud of his heritage mm. uh, and you know being Chinese, yeah. uh, Chinese. Like he he runs seafood shipping business in San Francisco, and so he knows all the restaurants. Uh-huh. All the restaurants owned by name, helped supplied them with seafood yeah, for yeah. like 20, 30 years. Does he speak Chinese? He speaks Chinese. Okay, all right. Um, but now he has nobody to speak it with because my parent, my grandparents passed away recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're going to school with, in San Francisco. The public schools are, are, the high schools in San Francisco are predominantly Asian. Did you identify? It's freaking Asian. <laughs> it's like if you had a white club, it would be understandable. Like it's that. It was. I mean, I think it. It might. The ratio might be tipping a little more now. I don't know. But yeah, when I was in high school, like I mean, no matter what school I went to, it was right. just filled. Even if it wasn't in Chinese, you <laughs> know, dominated yeah, yeah. or Chinese emergent stuff. Yeah. Um. And it felt really. Yeah, it felt weird because all my Chinese friends would call me white, and all my white friends, all two of them, would call me <laughs> Chinese, and yeah. so there was no. <laughs> There was no, like, you know, escape. Yeah, you had to think about it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. in San Francisco, you kind of do. So, did personally, did you identify more with the Chinese side or with the... I think I de- identified more with the Chinese side because it was what everybody else was. You know, you try yeah. to fit in, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Um, Your last name is Wu. Last name was Wu. My, you know, most of my family in the immediate area was Chinese. All my white family is in 
Tennessee and Mississippi uh, okay. and yeah. San Diego. So I didn't, Chinese culture was kind of all I ever really got. Yeah. Um, but, but we spoke English at home. Right. Right. And my dad's, you know, attempting to be white as heck and with my white mom too. <laughs> so it's, sorry, I do him a disservice. He is very good at being Chinese. Yeah. No, you, I think you got it. You painted a picture for him. But yeah, no, that generation, you know, we're probably pretty, your dad and I are probably pretty close in age. Mm. But yeah, our generation growing up in the 70s, we were kind of like told, or it wasn't this, no one ever said it, but the message we got was you want to be as assimilated as possible. That's you, how you survived. Yeah, you don't want to stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even in San Francisco, it's a very different place in the last 30, 40 years. So, yeah. So yeah, so I, I get your dad. <laughs> I get your dad a little bit. Okay, so you managed to get out of high school. Well, actually, let's talk about high school a little more. Oh my God, I love talking about it. <laughs> so uh, you, were, you were one of the more creative kids in high school. Was that always something, like did you think you were going to do design or creation when you were in high school? The creativity stuff, it it was a, a backup plan. Really? Okay. I thought that was a that was a primary plan. No, I thought I was an idiot. You know, I still kind of think that, but it never it never occurred. I mean, we had a media arts class, right? And and it was with uh, the instructor. He 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 was he was really into my stees, I guess. And uh, it was a fun class experiment. He kind of let us do whatever we want. And we had film editing and all that stuff. And turns out that ended up being super useful in my career, uh-huh. even to this point. But especially to this point. Um, but at the time, expectations were so high. I was like seven, I was like 16, 17. Yeah. And like I was failing literally everything else. And so the only thing I had left to offer was creativity. Uh-huh. So I was just like, well. You know, my parents are crying because I'm not yeah. graduating barely, right? Yeah, yeah. What is he going to do? I just ended up signing up for like like creative colleges and stuff. And yeah. oh, that was a whole, that was kind of a shit show. Sorry. I don't know. I, I thought that made sense though. I mean, it didn't shock any of us. It. Oh, I really want to talk. I want to talk about college really bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you go to Expression College, SAE Expression College in Emeryville. Yeah, which is shutting down as we speak. Oh, are they really? Yeah, the teachers uh, sexually harassed the students. Oh, no. Our graduating class was 13 people. Oh, wow. And um, our director, program directors, told me to stop learning my stuff on the side because what I was learning was wrong. And... (laughs) <laughs> Turns out the things that I got into the industry for was the things I was learning on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So you get out and I think you freelance for a little bit. Yeah. So in college, I was still, I was actually working already. I was freelancing for a company called Obsidian, mm. which did Pillars of Eternity and a bunch of other uh, really cool old school games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I graduated, um, Oh man, I actually didn't apply. I have never applied for a job before in my entire life. <laughs> How did this happen? Oh yeah, this is okay. Uh, I was wandering around Comic Con because I okay. I've never applied for a job because I think I'm a huge piece of poop. <laughs> so out of school, I was like, "Well, I'll apply for a job when I'm ready." Right? Because meaning you when you have enough skills or when you exactly maturity, I don't know what that means. It yeah. was just my mental block of you being just like you weren't ready. Yeah, because I was in school and I was learning and I was in full, I was in full, like, I don't know what I don't know mode, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe that's like an early 20s early sure. 20s yeah, mentality yeah. yeah absolutely but i was wandering around comic-con because um, my mom would take me to comic-con for like the last 10 years <laughs> she she volunteers there yeah yeah and she doesn't even like comics she just <laughs> thinks she just likes the people yeah yeah okay but i was wandering around the booths and if Okay, if you're in art and you really want to get into networking or like meeting other people, turns out all the people who do the booths at artist alleys and stuff and selling their own prints, they are nine times out of 10 huge industry influential artists mm. that are just selling their shit on the side. Just for fun, yeah. Okay. Just for fun. And so like most of them work at Pixar or, you know, <laughs> a Blue Sky or Blizzard or, you know, all these other cool companies. And they kind of don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to sell their own stuff. Right. Um, but I was bothering him about it. I was like, wow, your art is so cool. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And so I was wandering around Comic-Con and this one guy, I was like, wow, your paintings are great. He's like, yeah, I'm the art director on Star Wars. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello? Uh -huh. And he, he was like, oh, let me see your stuff. I was like, oh, you don't want to see my stuff. Um, he's like, all right, well, if you want to talk to a game person, cause you're into games, right? I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in games. I don't know if movies are my thing. He's like, well, you should talk to Darren. Like, Who's Darren? He's, he's an art director at Rockstar, San Diego. And I was like, what? Where's Darren? Cause that game Rockstar, that Rockstar San Diego made was called Red Dead Redemption. Uh -huh. And it inspired me to get into the industry. Wow. Okay. Like, that was the first game that was like artsy for the sake of it and not to please anybody other than the thing that they wanted to yeah, make. Yeah. And so I was like, where's Darren? He's like, oh, he's right next to you. <laughs> Just selling some prints. And he's literally in the booth next to him <laughs> selling prints too. And I was like, what he's the chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so I talked to this guy for like three hours at his booth. Uh, yeah. And we talk about rocks. Out. We talk yeah. about landscapes. We talk about games. Turns out he paints for Magic the Gathering and Warhammer uh -huh. and Conan and all of this yeah. All of these like huge for okay again for reference. If you m even make a single Magic the Gathering card as an artist, you're already like <laughs> that means you've made it. That yeah. means you're yeah yeah this you're the toppest tier of both physical and digital art like fantasy painting. Yeah yeah. And, and so he's just, a regular contributor. He's a regular <laughs> just when he feels like it. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Like I remember when so he he basically was like. So what do you, show me your portfolio. I was like, no, nah, I don't know. Show me, I was like, fine, okay. I pull it up on my phone. He's like, dude, what the heck is wrong with you? Come work for us. I was like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, just, you don't even need to, just, we're going to make it happen. Let's go. What was in this portfolio? Rocks. Yeah, right? Okay. A lot of rocks. Yeah. I started a, even an online thread in the video game developer community called Polycount of just a thread that said like, hey, post your rocks here because I really like rocks and rocks <laughs> are a big part of video games uh -huh. as they are the world. Yeah, yeah, And it's still like one of the most popular places hmm. for game art to talk about. Uh, and so I ended up getting industry famous while at Rockstar being hired to do their terrain art. So I did, you know, vegetation, I did terrain, I did the land. So in, in any of those, like, you know, in their big games, if you see any landscape, I probably worked on it. Nice. Um, so this is called environment, right? Or environment art. Yeah. So describe that. You know, I've only seen videos of the game. I've never played the game, but Red Dead Redemption. Describe it for people. If it's you don't like know. a Western simulator that summarizes all of the most immersive and still fun 
and maybe some of the most depressing parts about being a cowboy in the West while the West is dying, while the golden age of the Wild West is dying. Yeah. Okay. And you're kind of caught in between. And so you can't really just travel any town you want. You kind of actually have to survive in the wilds. You have a gang. Uh, it's about the fall of the gang, you uh, know, and the coming of age into the next era for America. So yeah, is it really it's a first game? person shooter? Or it's it? a third person okay. uh, shooter. So have you ever seen Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Again, same company. It's right. just uh, in the wild west. <laughs> similar mechanics, but a different take and a more serious tone. Yeah. 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 So you get hired by Rockstar, like this guy hired you on the spot, like he literally he straight said. up hired me on the spot. Yeah. So they fly, <laughs> they flew me out, they flew me out. I was twenty, I was like twenty years old, twenty or twenty one, and they flew me out, and I show up to San Diego. They gave me the rental With car, like they gave me the bag. hotel. <laughs> I have my iPad or something in my hand, like for my portfolio. <laughs> they show up, a bunch of guys enter the room. They're like, "Hey, so what do you want for lunch?" I was like, well, "I don't know." They're like, "We're gonna go to the." We're going to go to this crab place. Yeah. I was like, okay. He's like, I didn't bring my wallet. I don't yeah, know. I don't know what. Yes. <laughs> and then we go. I order a salad. You know, everyone else is eating like kings or something. And yeah. we're just like not addressing the fact that I'm here for an interview. There's like seven other people at this table who ended up being my good friends uh, uh-huh. over the years. But so we get back after lunch, not talking about the interview at all. Everybody leaves. They're like, all right, Hayden, see you later, man. <laughs> everyone leaves the room i'm like what the heck is going on one guy comes in he's like all right how much money do you want <laughs> and you don't know and i was like i don't know so i just throw out numbers i've done zero research yeah. i'm like what is the even what yeah. i don't and i throw out a number he's like okay not that number we can give you this number i was like oh yeah sure fine <laughs> what number did you throw out 1.5 million even want to say. it's very embarrassing i want to say was it too low or too high? It was it was too high, but not by a lot. Okay. It was yeah. too high, but not by a lot. It was pretty obscene. Yeah. But it was a lot. But, but he didn't flinch. No. He just made fun of you. He just made fun of me. He's like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love that guy. Oh. Um, and, and then so after we talked, it was great. He basically just said like, um, he basically just like told me like, yeah, you're pretty much in. We just have to work out the logistics and we have to ship this other game first and then whatever. Yeah. And then um, this other guy comes in. He So this guy leaves the room. This other guy comes in. It's full leather jacket. He's got a mullet. <laughs> He's kind of scrappy looking. He's got tight skinny jeans on. Middle age? With a punk he... rock shirt on and ripped torn jeans. Yeah. Middle age. Okay. Head of HR, VP for the company. <laughs> <laughs> He's living the rock star life. Yeah, I'm just like, what is happening? Cliche, I don't know yeah. who this guy is, but we ended just chatting. He's like, oh yeah, I'm, I flew into town to help work on some other stuff. Just want, I just like meeting the new hires. What's up, man? So we just ended up vibing, and then we also ended up being friends at all the conferences we had to go to because we just hang out all the time. Yeah, we yeah. both, I had to hire artists. He had to, uh, you know, he had to do the you know VP handholding thing and yeah, all that yeah. stuff and meeting meeting people. Um, Did you feel like you had met your people, like you found your tribe a little bit? And- I don't know. No, at the time when you're young and you're you have low self confidence. I'm gonna get real for a second. Yeah, when you're yeah. young and you have low self confidence, and you know you've never had a job right. in your life, not even Starbucks, not even Starbucks, <laughs> okay. dude. I'm a piece of huge garbage. You sort of. You attach yourself so quickly to the big name brand Mm -hmm. that has decided Mm -hmm. you're part of the family Mm -hmm. with like 
no strings attached other than just working there, mm-hmm. right? And so it actually kind of messed with me for the next, and it still messes with me today. Like I have like PTSD mm. from a lot of some of this stuff. Because it felt a little bit like a cult or a little? N- no, it was, <sighs> I mean, I can't break any NDAs. Okay, yeah, But yeah. I can talk about. Oh, you, my, like corporate culture was not your thing. It, it wasn't even that. It was like, I was, yes, corporate culture is a thing. I love talking about the difference between culture, corporate culture and individual culture. <laughs> but it was more like I didn't know how to separate my own identity from the brand because I thought the brand was a replacement for my own self-confidence. Uh. And so I would wear the shirts everywhere. <laughs> I would talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, I would yeah. come visit you. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be wearing all the swag up to the... <laughs> you know, up to the top. I mean, you seemed happy though. Whenever you came back, I wasn't not happy. Yeah. I was having a great time, but it messed with my growth as an individual for a while. And it was, I think it was a lesson I needed to learn mm-hmm. because it took, like, it was really hard to leave yeah. Rockstar because I, because I attached so much uh-huh. of my identity to that brand. And so like, even now it feels like in my pocket right now, I have a red dead lighter. <laughs> it's like gold and it's like my pocket, it's my thing that helps me remind yeah. me like of the seven years we put into that game. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, um, it's something that we're really, I'm very, pr- I'm holding a water bottle right now, <laughs> like that says our star on it. I'm, I'm very proud. Uh, and you know, all the work we did in the trenches with all the other artists and all the other departments and directors and producers, but it's very, um, it's so complicated yeah. and I've never heard anyone else in, a, in my generation describe their job this way because most mm. people, they skip, they skip to a new company after a no, year or two. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. The millennials are very, um, <laughs> I, us millennials, we're, yeah. we're, we're a little impatient sure. and yeah. we also just have better job offers all the time. Like, right. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like we're raking it in all the time, but yeah, the, the the job offers at least in the tech industry you can just oh, keep yeah. hopping from tech company to tech company and they'll just yeah. keep raising your thing but rockstar paid us enough for that for us to stick around so everyone i knew was like 50 <laughs> and i was like i was the only i was the youngest person in that oh, company really? for like 5 years huh yeah so you were there for 5 and a half years you moved uh, i was there for 6 and a half years oh, okay yeah yeah so, so what ultimately did end your time at Rockstar? Um, my grandmother was passing away uh, okay. in San Francisco. They came home. Uh, yeah. I also was going through a big creative shift in my perspective mm. that I don't share with a lot of people. And I guess I'm starting to share now. You don't have to. <laughs> no, no. I, I want to. I okay, want to. Okay. And uh, Rockstar knows this too. But I... I spent so many years making things as hyper-realistic as I could and that I, it takes a lot to make a 3D product. And I just really also wanted to take a chance at my 2D stuff because I'd never had any formal Mm. 2D training. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a terrible painter. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it felt so good to have the immediate feeling of, of just drawing something with your pen 
and there it is. It yeah. now exists. Uh-huh. But in 3D, you got to go through the pipeline. You、yeah. got to sculpt the thing. You got to make sure you bake the maps properly. You got to put it in the engine. You got to apply the right. You got to make the textures. You got to、mm-hmm. apply the right lighting. You got to do the rent. It's like a whole thing. But in a painting, yeah, <laughs> you can just decide. I'm gonna put a line here, and that line is now there. That's it. Yeah. End of yeah. story. Okay. And it took a long time for me、yeah. to, you know, I started getting some freelance gigs for it. People actually turned out they liked my stuff. All this was kind of in my head. But taking that chance on myself and quitting the corporate job to pursue what I wanted to do rather than what was, quote, like best for me ended up really benefiting my career. And It led to me being an art director now because I've had experience、yeah. on such a range of crazy stuff. Yeah. So now I, I mean, I don't know if we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. So you're Utopia now? Yes. I'm, I helped,、uh, helped found a, a startup called Topia.il. It's a website. It's kind of like Animal Crossing meets Zoom. Okay. You can make all your furniture, <laughs> you can draw whatever you want, you can throw it in. We do corporate. Uh, parties、um, for that's actually where we get most of our funding is like、um, not just investors, but corporate、uh, corporate clients who want to do really big, like thousands of people gatherings online and on the metaverse. On this metaverse. metaverse. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a metaverse thing. And we, yeah, so I, was do, I did that for I, I did that for like a solid like year and a half or so. And then I got a brain tumor.、Mm. Uh, and that really shook up everything. And did you find that tumor because you cracked your head on the one wheel? Or? Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's see. Let's, go, <laughs> let's take one step back. So, so in the meanwhile, you're, you're <laughs> hanging out in San Francisco. And how did you get into one? One wheel is, if you haven't seen them, they're like a skateboard with the. Eight inch, 10 inch wheel in the middle. Yeah. They're, I mean, I'm doing it with my hands, so、right. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Eight, ten inches. It's, it's wide. It's, it's as wide as a skateboard. It's, a, it's like a, go, it's a go-kart tire. Yeah. Okay. And you're, you're motoring around on this thing at 25 miles per hour. Yeah, they're super fun. I mean,、mm, you don't really want to push it past 20. Those things are a little,、okay, so、a little sketch. 15, you know,、yeah. 10, 15 miles. And you're riding around and you crack your head open. How'd you do this? Yeah, I was just learning to ride the things and I didn't realize because it's on. A motor that's it's one wheel, yeah. So it's not just dedicated to going fast, it's also dedicating energy to keeping you up on one balanced wheel, yeah. Um, and I just didn't put that together in my head, so I decided to just gun it,、uh-huh. and it didn't have the power necessary to both keep me up and gun it. So I, you know, I fell and I got a、uh, concussion, yeah. And it wasn't. You know, I still love the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> much fun. I mean, I used to competitive snowboard when I was a kid.、Uh-huh, so this was、uh-huh. like, this, it feels like snowboarding on concrete. Yeah. It's so goopy. That air tire makes everything feel so creamy and carvy. Yeah. So I get this concussion and I go into the hospital and they're telling me, okay, you don't have any internal bleeding. You're fine. Turns out there's a lump in your brain, though.、Mm-hmm. Mm, and we kind of want to check it out. Yeah. Might be something. Yeah. So they keep me there for and, a while. And you're like 26 at this point. Yeah, I was yeah. like 26, 27. 28. Okay. I was 28. So like two years ago. I'm 30 now. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, and I didn't really know what that meant, and so I had to keep going in for uh, MRIs, mm-hmm. and it just became such a regular to get MRIs. <laughs> like they would fill me up with contrast all the time, uh-huh. and uh, which is kind of gross. It makes you feel like, Shh, yeah, you know, like it. It wasn't. It was. F- it was interesting to like get to know the doctors. I smoked a bowl in the parking lot with one of them recently. <laughs> You know, it was like there is such interesting people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just have a they have a job that we look up to a lot, but they're just people. You they're know? just people, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh yeah, it was so. It was a very, it was a traumatic, life changing sure, experience. Yeah. And when you stare at your own mortality right. from across, usually it's from across a canyon. But when someone tells you you have a freaking brain tumor, like yeah. it's in the part of my brain that if they do surgery on and something goes wrong it it controls the how i perceive reality visually mm-hmm. and uh my motor functions <laughs> and i need both of those <laughs> things yeah, yeah. to live my life to as both everything an artist that you love. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and an, and a and a professional writer yeah so it's very um yeah it messed me up for a long time and i drew like a comic about it i mm. basically like left my job mm-hmm. like I took an entire, I think a year off my, my, my partner and I call it the endless summer. Yeah. Um, she does marketing, uh, websites for, for, uh, for Apple. And so she only has to work when it's marketing time. So, and I wasn't working. So for an entire summer, (laughs) both of us was just not doing anything and Uh just living and being in the moment and learning about ourselves. It was wonderful and beautiful. We were like, doing all sorts of drugs we were like meeting all these wonderful people we were trying new things there were days where we did absolutely nothing and tried to be okay with it yeah you know and it was yeah it was weird it was a weird you had this diagnosis kind of hanging over you though the whole time yeah Yeah. i didn't know what to do with it i was like do i and i you know the other people who have brain tumors they've had successful surgeries all this other stuff but i'm not like an accountant man right (laughs) yeah 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 I can't, I, your life would be traumatically different. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. And so it really freaked me out. And I, I tried to, yeah. So I wrote a comic about it and I put it out there and a lot of people were so nice and helpful. Um, yeah. 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 No, you know, and, and you don't know this necessarily because, because I have a little bit of a bird's eye view, but there's a lot of people in their twenties that get cancer. Yeah. And it's, and people deal with it in different ways. You know, some people are like, don't tell anyone. You got to, battle this on my own I know, right and other people are like i'm putting it on facebook instagram i'm putting it everywhere yeah and there's no right or wrong way to deal with it you there's know? no right or wrong way i i know yeah. that what sucked was people just saying like it'll be fine it'll be fine <laughs> or like people saying like dude that you know oh man how can i help or like blah blah, blah. And it's yeah. like now just tell me it sucks because it sucks yeah yeah just, <laughs> but I, yeah but i mean i've come actually i've actually 180 on it and i owe so much of my own personal growth to having this tumor because it really mm. was a huge wake-up call mm-hmm. and so i approach life in such a different way like a mm. entirely different way now than i did when i had didn't have the tumor mm-hmm. i still haven't named it yet <laughs> and, I'm coming up with a name pretty soon, but it's been, I can't imagine life without that yeah. diagnosis now. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You know, when you, when you're about to die or your body thinks, or it's about to approach that, that mental barrier, that mortality thing, it releases like a chemical that uh-huh. helps you see your entire life. 
I was like weirdly getting that chemical when I was sleeping or just randomly like eating or just anytime I like started thinking about it. And it just started giving me such an appreciation for all the people in my life. And like, yeah, you see it, you see a doomsday counter kind of go over your head and you're Mm -hmm. like, well, now what am I going to do with it? Yeah. And it's, it's an, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm lucky enough that I get to say it's a good thing, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people who get a diagnosis and they're just like, well, yeah, that's, that's like tier four tumor, dude. You're, yeah. uh, you got about like five weeks, yeah, maybe yeah. three days, Yeah, yeah. you know? And like that, I'm lucky enough that that concussion led to them discovering it early, early enough. Yeah. Whereas if I'm, if I turned like 40, I could just be Yeah, because it would gone. be 15 years later. Because nobody just casually walks into a hospital and is like, yeah, I'm going to get an MRI real quick, just real quick. Right. Yeah, I've got a headache. You know, can I get an MRI? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so sobering, though. Like, you wake up every day and you understand fully how much of a luxury that is. Yeah. And then you just can't not do something with that day, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. you can't fill it with all the things you love and you can't, you, or you can't not fill it with all the things that you love and you can't not spend all that time with these people. And like, I was nervous about having kids until I had my tumor. I know I I want kids so bad. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. 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 You don't know. Yeah. So just to just continue our story about the one wheel. Mm. So this becomes a huge passion for you. Is it, is it related at all? A little bit of a YOLO feel to it or? Yeah, a little bit. I'd never really broken anything before that. Even while competitive snowboarding, I was kind of a safe boy, a little uh-huh. bit of a safe boy. It was so fun, but I, I never fell. Yeah. I was, say, I never break coordinated. anything. You've, <laughs> always, you've always been very coordinated, right? No fall gang. Yeah. It's the new, that's the new merch that's coming out. No fall gang. <laughs> It's about being safe, wearing your gear. Uh-huh. Don't fall, but also not falling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, so yeah. we should say in San Francisco, there's this group called the Flow Pack. Now, was this around, you know, two or three years ago, or just just more recent? It it's as recent as one wheeling has kind of been pretty recent in terms of like popularity. Okay. So I think it started like maybe three, three or four years ago, and it's just a bunch of people who, maybe a bunch, just like a handful of people who yeah. are just having fun riding together, messing around. Um, and so th- there's these things called float pack Fridays. Yeah. So yeah. I joined in, uh, two years ago, I want to say now almost, yeah, almost two years ago now. And I've since become one of the leads. And so there's like maybe like five of us that, and we do, we organize the routes for these, they're these big, the float pack is this collective and started out as just one wheels, but now it's all personal electrical electric vehicles. And it doesn't even, I mean, sometimes we just have regular bikes that come along too. It's great. Scooters. Yeah. Yeah, It's awesome. Like, but we, we bomb the city, we bomb Embarcadero and we like shoot down Market Street, you know, we do Pier 39 and our home is the Palace of Fine Arts every Uh Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, it's just a moving rave and we have these speakers that are networked (laughs) together and hooked up to a DJ. We have lights. Everyone's so friendly. It's like such a wonderful, welcoming space. And you know, we, we even have these, the, it started this 
we have this program called like the shepherds where they're riders who go out of their way to like block traffic. And sometimes they wear safety vests and they have medical kits and uh-huh. they like, we even have a guys in the back to make sure we have everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We have radios. It's like this whole service that we're doing for this like community. It's so much fun to elevate this community, but I did not get into it thinking that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I just like, I, I just was riding my board and I saw these fun, other yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's since grown into this thing. We're now the largest uh, PEV. I want to say we're the largest active PEV community in San Francisco, uh-huh. and it's becoming a problem. Like we, <laughs> we're little, running out of places where we could put everyone on these like hundred like man right now. Are you over a hundred? Our last, we're we have like two thousand people who are you know yeah. watching us, and then like. I would say like 75% of those people have ridden with us, but on the regular, we get somewhere between like 50 to like maybe a hundred, 120 people (laughs) every Friday now. And before there was just like 10 of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's been so fun. So I do community management for that too online. Uh And uh I also do the branding for uh, the visual branding for like I did the logo and um, helped with, oh God, it's so weird. It's like running a startup yeah. like with other people who also do, like everyone has a role, but <laughs> none of us, it's because it's all volunteer. Very organic, yeah. It's very organic. Like yeah. we don't even have merch because we just decided to let the community make whatever they wanted. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they just take it and be creative in their own way. So there's no, there's no hard and fast rule of what you're supposed to do other than contribute. It's a very like Burning Man-esque kind of mentality uh, in that uh, way. Yeah. You know, you don't ask anyone no to do anything. No one's gaining anything out of this like exactly. material. Yeah. Nothing. And we're just so flattered and humbled that so many other people want to contribute to that vibe. And even just showing up is like such a crazy thing, you know? Yeah. Actually, this weekend, I'm supposed to go to a championship qualifier in San Jose Huh. to meet a bunch of other people. Um, and I don't even actually ride my one wheel that much anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Because you became a brand ambassador for alien rides? Yeah. So, like... Like, you're on a unicycle then. You're yeah, on- and I was actually really scared of riding <laughs> unicycles. Like, what what does this look like? Like, for those who don't know, you're basically sitting on a wheel. If you want, you can sit. Oh, you can stand. Yeah, it's got stirrups. It's right? mostly so you, standing. Yeah. yeah, so you can stand and you squeeze it with your knees kind of, right, to stay yeah. on it. And you're on an electric motor with how many watts, how many volts? Are you, what do you get? Um, well, they're typically nowadays, the S-tier wheels are 100 volts mm-hmm. with 2,400 to like 3,200 watt hours in them. So they're yeah. basically just a battery bomb. With an electric motor, yeah. Like a, oh, yeah. Yeah. And... So you can, sp- like, yours is yours is the fastest one, though. You can go 40 yes. plus. Uh, I've just been, I've been riding around on this, like, prototype wheel that kind of hasn't really dropped yet. It's it's in the process of coming out. A couple people have their hands on it. It's called the Bagode Master. <laughs> and it's the fastest and most powerful wheel that's ever existed. Yeah. Most wheels typically the S tier. So there's like commuter ones, you know, uh-huh. that go like 20 miles an hour. Right. Maybe there's like, which is still really fast for one wheel. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it is really fast. Yeah, you know, when you say it like that, it helps me remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's you know the next level, which maybe goes like 30. 
Then there's the S tier that goes 40 to 45 miles an hour. And this new wheel goes 60 miles an hour. (laughs) And they just, they gutted all of the, all of the amenities. And it's like a very lightweight, pure (laughs) sports car. So it doesn't go very far, but it gets there real fast. A ton of torque. It's got suspension. It's got the whole thing. And this thing, these things have just totally taken over my life. And I was so scared to ride them because it's actually a motorcycle, dude. Like they're yeah dangerous yeah that kind of speed and it's just you and the road you know, there's nothing yeah. between you and the road maybe some elbow pads i mean even like on a motorcycle there's two points of contact with yeah. those tires right and yeah. so you don't really wobble that you you know you can coast yeah but on this thing if it turns off yeah you, you just go down that's it yeah um and because there's also one point of contact it's it's a lot can, it's yeah. by design by you know less stable right like you can't just go straight. You can't just go straight because <laughs> if you do, there's this thing called ABC. It's not American born Chinese. <laughs> ABC means always be carving. Yeah. And so I decided to turn that disadvantage into an advantage because you need to carve to stay up so you don't wobble. Yeah. Because f- when you have one wheel, you got all that f- centripetal force. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it creates perfect like resonance and then generates a vibration, <laughs> which turns into a wobble, which sends you flying yeah. if you can't control yeah, yeah. it properly. So you have to always carve and move your, be leaning. Move yeah. your weight around so that that never, that vib- little vibration never happens. So that's what I do. I just carve super freaking deep. I carve at like a 45 plus degree angle <laughs> on these unicycles and I take these crazy turns. It's so fun. Yeah, get, you got to get me some footage. Can I put some on my Instagram? Oh, man. Heck yeah. You got we have of too, too much yeah. footage. Well, that's what you do now. You're making content with your friends and a yeah. drone. And you're just... Oh, man. We we just, we're think, we're talking to a drone guy now. He's like a really good pilot. He, he drones for other companies and stuff. Right now, we kind of, we sort of just film with this shitty little insta 360 camera quality is terrible right you know but gets the job done and because it's a 360 camera we can edit in post so we don't have so my camera guy is actually he's also the shot director so he like plans the route yeah so anyways we're doing this influencer thing (laughs) (laughs) we're doing this like lifestyle brand uh pev instagram thing yeah. And we are kind of just doing it for fun. Right. We wanted to, as it's a, the, the quote is spread the stoke. Okay. Because, we, you know, the PEV community is pretty niche. It's super small, right? right? And a lot of these things are in a legal gray area. Like I'm riding a Chinese piece of scrap metal <laughs> going 60 miles an hour and there is no insurance There's for this no thing. There's no regulation. There's no yeah. regulation. Yeah. The cops just look at it and clap because they think it's awesome, but they don't- They don't know what to do They don't know what it. to do with it. <laughs> and, and so I'm- so so we're just trying our best to get the word out there, you know, like let people know these things are fun, they can be safe, you know, handle responsibly, all this stuff. Um, the other thing is like there's just not a lot of content, like professional-esque kind of content yeah. creators out there for this sport because it's so new and so niche. So most of the people making stuff are kind of just filming themselves. They're like trying to explain and express how they their love for these wheels. But... um. But Victor and I, my partner in uh, this endeavor, Victor, sorry, Gabrielle is my girlfriend. <laughs> that kind of partner. Victor is the, yeah, is the, 
is the business partner, creative partner, yeah. creative partner on this other project. Okay. So he, he and I just really uh, wanted to take our existing professional skill set and apply it to this hobby that we love so much. And we did not expect it to go as well as it has been. Like, you know, one of our first videos, it just, it, it did pretty well at like 64,000 views. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then ever since there, like, you know, we're having all these cool partnerships with all these brands that are coming yeah. out and all this stuff. Like last night, I just, we just, we're getting sent like $500 worth of clothing so that we can wear it <laughs> sure. in the videos yeah. and we're supposed to tag them. That's the way it works, I guess. That's the way I get, <laughs> so yeah. You're, an, you're an influencer now. We're, yeah, we're doing it. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, I did, uh, you know, I, I, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's so, so much work, dude. <laughs> like, I have to sit here and like... No, there's people, this is what oh, they like, do for a living, right? There's, there's there's a ton of women mm-hmm. who just wear clothes and look pretty and go neat places and they get they make a living off yeah. of it. Yeah, and I didn't... I don't think I understood... I mean, I had influencer friends, but I never, like, did it, did it. Yeah. Um, And we're by no means, like, huge right, right now. Right. We're big in the... PEV specific community <laughs> right, right, right. and we only just started this like a month ago so <laughs> but it's been really weird like even within the first two weeks we like got you yeah. know like some sponsorships and some other stuff and a lot of people are like yeah keep going keep going and it's really nice but it's also it's so oh man okay I don't want to like offend anybody but our our the the way we're trying to portray these things is like fun, lighthearted, floaty, uh-huh. you know, beautiful, choreographed. Like look at the look, you know, look at this California sun, look at this dreamy yeah, time. Yeah. Um, most of the people who get into this stuff right now are like really hardcore. They're like really like I'm gonna go fast. I'm gonna get mm. out of my way. I got something to prove. Yeah, and like you know, I love that mentality. Like skaters right. have that mentality a lot because they're rejected from popular culture back in the day you need it to show to say like hey back off let me live my freaking life right right um but i'm not a i'm not a meta guy i'm like a you know i'm a thin dude (laughs) with low self-confidence and so i'm into the pinks i'm into the yellows yeah (laughs) and yeah you're not all tatted up. You're no, not in dude. the gym. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm lit. I own a gym and I don't use it. That's how not like I own a power rack and I don't use it. Yeah. But it's, it, so our stuff is like a little more floaty and it's been nice to show people that there's more to this lifestyle than just having to be like, just go fast, just get out of my way. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I do a lot of that too in, in my personal time, but <laughs> yeah. no, no, I, I get you. And you know, there's, there's, you know, I guess that's good to have different perspectives. You know, there's people yeah. that just bomb, no helmets, music blasting. dude, And they're gods. Yeah. Let me tell you, these guys, <laughs> yeah. there's a guy in the community who like his, he rides barefoot sometimes, no shirt, no nothing. <laughs> he turned off all of his speed alarms because he can physically feel how fast how, when the motor is going to cut out on him <laughs> so he rides up to that edge he knows. and he just knows <laughs> he just knows it's crazy
right, this last question is called Who's Your Infatuation? Uh, we try to elevate those in our community. So this could be anyone in the Asian community, living or deceased,、uh, someone you know or someone you admire from afar. Is there anyone in the Asian community that you would say is your current infatuation? My current infatuation? I mean, I can think of like three off the top of my head.、Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to narrow it down though. Okay, yeah. You can have more than one if you want. Radio is cheap. <laughs>、um, is it for Asian reasons? No, no. Okay. Me,、yeah. Okay. The top, off the top of my head, it's got to be Jane Ng. And Jane Ng is an artist who used to work for this company in San Francisco called Double Fine. Which made these、uh, huge cult classic video games called Psychonauts and Costume Quest. Jane Ng is like an industry、mm. icon. Do you know if、her? you're a developer? Yeah.、Mm. I met her at a party that they threw in Seattle. She and I talked about rocks at this party <laughs> for like what felt like two hours、wow. on a rooftop. And I just got to learn so much about the. She had said inside me the individualism,、mm. the individualism of, of being a creative person in a production setting,、mm. a corporate production setting where they just need stuff. And talking to her over the years, she's always like been super supportive. We don't talk tons, but she's so cool, man. <laughs> she's so cool. She made this、yeah. game called Firewatch, you know,、huh. on our own. Now she's working at Valve.、Um, She older than you? She's, she? Yeah, she's older than me.、Uh, she kind of mentored me on the side in passing conversation over the years. It's、so, like we're not super、Nothing、close. Official, yeah. yeah, we're not super close, but we've tried to get a cup of coffee or hang out every, every few years.、Um, and I remember when I was struggling with my own identity at Rockstar and like all this other stuff. It was a conference where she and I just chatted, and she just was like, You have to learn that it's okay to take a chance on yourself.、Mm. And it's not in service of anything other than, like, you don't have to have a plan. You、mm. just have to trust that you're going to be able to do the thing if you give a shit about it enough.、Mm -hmm. um, like, you can't just like quit your job and expect the world to like bend to your whim. It's、yeah. like, you. Quitting your job allows you the time and space and energy to finally pursue the unknown,、mm. you know. And that taking, you know, making that leap, I wouldn't have been able to do if, if,、yeah. if Jane hadn't sat there at a party, I think、uh. in Seattle, <laughs> trying to convince me while both of us had like had too many vodkas. <laughs> But she's still able to be wise. She's so wise. <laughs> yeah, and she、cool. has her own Twitter you can follow.、Uh, okay. I don't remember what it is. Well, we'll look her up. We'll look her up. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for chatting with us. Dude, oh, my God. <laughs> so much fun hanging out. <laughs> I know. This is our second time. We were working to record this out in Golden Gate Park in the environment, but it's too windy.、So、it was came, windy. So we came to the dining room. So we're actually first indoor interview for the Infatuation Podcast.、So. Wait, really? Uh, well, I did one in the garage. Is that not indoor? I did two in the garage, yeah. So, but this is the first indoor, like in the living、oh, like、room. Like in the, oh, yeah, we're in the living room. <laughs> you guys, this place is gorgeous. Let、yeah. me describe it for a second. There's, 
it's white. There's just white everywhere, yeah. but it's mixed up with all these wonderful different material breakups. Like okay. their their chimney is massive. You know, it's, white painted. Yeah, mid mid century modern chimney. Yeah. Oh my god! Like the I mean, even 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 the way that light plays from that yellow skylight <laughs> and it hits all the surface and it makes that whole loft up there look uh, like beautiful and yellow have these yellow tones but then at the front of the house it's a little more blue because it's not it's unfiltered uh-huh. you know, so this is like this nice contrast you got like just enough plants where you're not like plant people in here <laughs> it, 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 oh. well thank you man my wife so will i'll, I'll make sure my floor. wife listens to this because she'll enjoy your critique dude this is fantastic this is actually the goal this is the goal <laughs> well <laughs> glad yeah you're well you're welcome anytime Yes. <laughs> well, that does it for episode 43. Thank you to Hayden Wu for coming by. Best of luck in everything. Thank Stay you safe. So <laughs> don't, don't die. On you the, too, man. On the I roads. mean, I, you know, I fell at 43 the other day and fractured my, you know, my, uh, my ankle a little more, but uh, you know, we're, we're, we're walking it off. Okay. <laughs> okay. Man, I see these videos sometimes, people out there, when you watch these videos, I get worried for Hayden when I watch these videos a little bit, but wear your, wear your armor, people. He's wearing armor. He's, 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 yeah, he learned his lesson a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you broke a wrist, right? You broke a wrist. We learned our lesson enough <laughs> that we can keep doing it. You can still do it. Yeah. So if you want to follow Hayden, he's at Hayden the Woo. On Instagram, uh, what else you got? You got Twitter? Or you got? Um, if you want to follow our company, it's at Topia IO. Okay. Um, and I don't have Twitter because I don't like reading. Yeah, I don't. Do I just Twitter like either. pictures. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm also too old for TikTok. Um, <laughs> I don't understand it, and I'm afraid of it, which makes me realize my age. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah mostly, honestly, mostly on Instagram. And at the float pack, I'll write that out. There's a couple underscores in there, but I'll mm-hmm. write that out in the show notes. Um, hey, and thank you all out there for listening. I hope you learned something. We had a, a, lot, of t- a lot of topics today, so hopefully you learned something about something. <laughs> uh, and you know you can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. You know where to find us. And I'll put all the information in the show notes. You know where to write us, and you know where to follow us. So on behalf of... Hayden and myself, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Later, gamer. just roll this for a while hour and 16 minutes how long did we talk the other day oh man probably just as much i felt like we dipped into more topics last time well, i mean then, we talked about our real our real stuff yeah like our true. personal stuff a lot i thought i was gonna have to bleep out more f-bombs see i'm conscious yeah i, I said a couple that i felt were timed correctly yeah. no i think the fcc is okay with with some words, but the f bomb—they're very sensitive about that. I don't yeah, know. what's up with that? So I was gonna have you record the word fork, fork, and then I would just edit it. But I don't think you'd use it anyway. Wait, let's use let's use what about for the s word? Because I said that a couple. No, times. I don't. I don't have to. See, that's the thing is they they don't care about that word. Okay, wait. How about we just record a couple things? Poopy butthole. <laughs> Shot my knickers off. Oh wait, that sounds really close to something bad. Uh, <laughs> talking about pants um shakespeare Shakespeare. (laughs) too much coffee dude. that might get that might have to get edited (laughs) (laughs) all right man thanks so much
Oh my god, so much fun. Mm-hmm.